0: It's a cool.
1: We need music like that to inspire us to fight against the enemy, which is, of course, the international Jew, the beast system of the Book of Revelation, the Zionists, etc., etc., the international bankers. Oh, man, the enemies we have now, of course, Big Pharma. Everything in the world is stacked against us, is it not? Pastor David Martins of South Africa.
0: Good evening, Pastor Eli, and uh, also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Yes, Pastor. Um, our enemies are, in fact, are the ones that have been the enemies of the House of Jacob all the way back to uh, Rebecca's womb. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, even
1: before that, the descendants of Cain. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So today we want to continue with the story of Signor van Rensburg. And uh, I have a link to share with you. This is the online link. Uh, I think it was shared in the chat room last week. But uh, my Skype is not behaving properly. I can't get you on full screen on Skype. Oh, yeah, because it has been changed. (laughs) Okay, One of the numerous changes that Microsoft, and of course Bill Gates owns Microsoft, has made... To make our lives difficult, all these incredible updates that seem to happen weekly now, where it always disrupts our sound setting. You've had the same problem that I've had in uh, getting the sound uh, settings to be consistent. All right, and uh, but fortunately, we are broadcasting today uh, with without a problem. I, I'm going to just check into the chat room here. And see how people are doing today. Well, I want to share you this Israel, uh, I put it in the chat room already. Uh, IsraelLect.com reference, Willie Martin, Seer. Okay, so this is a live link that people can get this, uh, uh, article from. And so I don't know if you have the same link, so I will share it with you momentarily. And, uh, but I, I understand, uh, from our pre-show discussion that there's something going on in South Africa with regard to the so-called mandates and the lockdowns, uh, even, even while the rest of the world now is dispensing with those. Britain, Denmark, uh, Saskatchewan, uh, Alberta, and many other places, even most cities in America now, are lifting the lockdowns, but uh, apparently it's coming to you late. What's your situation there?
0: Pastor, Well, um, it's a double agenda. Um, as you know, ever since nineteen ninety four, with the uh, 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 well, with the handover of the um, yeah. Uh, Mandela. Mandela rule, yeah Mandela Mandela rule, yes, uh, that of course was an experiment by the Freemasons of the Cape Dutch Afrikaner Edomites and of course their plan backfired we've spoken about this oh yeah and they are they are now attempting to take control and in the background we're sitting with the elitists of the anc wishing to 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 retain control and then of course the afrikaner dom wishing to grab back the uh, the power Okay. And so, so this feud is continuing in South Africa in parallel with the uh, Bill Gates uh, fiasco called uh, COVID nineteen, yes. the pandemic. hmm And
1: hello. And oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a. I, I heard day. a. I heard a beep, and you you temporarily yes. left, but you're back. I, okay. I had
0: an incoming call, Pastor, and, Ah. Okay. Uh, my, my sound, I don't know if, if uh, uh, yes. It's a little it's scratchy, upset. but it's
1: it's good. It's very understandable. Yeah, so please okay. continue. Yeah.
0: Now, w- what we have is um, uh, the situation where the pandemic is being blamed for the power struggle between the Cape Dutch, Afrikaner, Edomites, and the, uh, of course, the Black Elitists from the ANC. And in this particular um, struggle, the elitists, these black elitists, are now using the pandemic as an excuse to further alienate whites in general, but, but the boers in particular in South Africa. Okay.
1: And how so? Are they for blaming whites things? for the pandemic? I <laughs> mean, how, how so? The,
0: you there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, pastor, um, and, and not so much as uh, um, that they are but they are used the pandemic. Um, I'll I'll send you a uh, video where um, the the ANC president, for example, he uh, in a meeting with his inner circle, he said or he states clearly. That he did say, uh, at the beginning of of uh, twenty uh, twenty, he did say that the lockdown will be lifted in April. Okay. But then he states, then he states, but he never said which April. <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't lie. So he, he just prevaricated. Right. <laughs> so it is a clear indication that the pandemic is being. Exploited for the case of so-called black economic empowerment Even though that black economic empowerment means only a few elitist blacks get empowered And they are retaining the power that they have been handed uh, in 1994 by the Freemason Cape Dutch Afrikaners Now the thing that must also be said is that one of the, what is called the Stellenbosch Mafia Oh, that are, uh, that okay. would be the, the um, upper crust of the Afrikaner Dom
1: uh-huh. That
0: have been in, basically in control all the time or uh, All the while um, the, One of these elitists We've spoken about him uh, Johan Rupert His son is also married to a Rothschild oh, uh, or, Sorry, his, do- his daughter is married to a Rothschild and they marketing a um, uh, um, Rupert and Rothschild brand um, <laughs> wine.
1: Okay, I was going to say champagne, but uh, I was close.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, mm. and then uh, what also needs to be said, uh, in one particular uh, um, uh, newspaper clip, Uh, It is clearly indicated that Anton Rupert, or Jan Rupert, actually stated that if Cyril Ramaphosa continues to uh, abandon instructions, that he would fire Ramaphosa. So it is a clear indication (laughs) that Ramaphosa is merely a puppet as a front for the Afrikaner Mafia. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah, so uh this is our sta- understanding in identity, that the Rothschilds control the strings of every leader on the planet. Very, very few are not under their control. And those who aren't or weren't have been assassinated, including at least three leaders of black countries, starting with Haiti and a couple in Africa, who refuse yes. to go along with the global mandates, have been assassinated.
0: Exactly, positive.
1: Okay, yeah. So, but let me just quickly bring up here because uh, I had an email from uh, Lucas in South Africa who uh, states that the you know there is uh, the Boer people have to humble themselves before God and honor the vow and plead forgiveness. We urge every fellowship to join the Boer people as a whole from Majubadag, which is uh, maybe you can explain what that word means. February twenty seventh to April six. Founding Day. This is uh, the, yes. sec- the second great celebration of the war people, aside from Blood River Day. Uh, could you explain what that is for everybody?
0: Uh, Pastor, yes, it is a, uh, uh, the date is the 27th of February and that was a date that was, uh, that occurred in 1881 after 10 weeks of the uh, battles between the mightiest um uh, 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 uh well, British forces, on the yeah. yeah, the British, yeah, the mightiest, mightiest empire on the planet, the British Empire, that had um, that had acted as mercenaries for the Cape Dutch Afrikaners because the Cape mm. Dutch Afrikaners actually uh, enticed uh, the uh, a- again, because as we have stated before, every war that the, the Boers met with were wars that were enticed by the Cape Dutch Afrikaner Edomites. I agree, I understand, yes. And um, uh, on that particular day was the day that the um, commanding officer of the British forces, which counted 278,000 against a Boer a force of only twenty-two thousand, so you can do the calculation: yeah, 10 times. 000. Right, ten times
1: more than ten times larger.
0: Well, it, it yeah. is approximately. I think it came to close to twelve to one. Okay, right. Now, this particular war followed a conspiracy between the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, consisting of the Dutch Reformed Church, the Afrikaner Bond, and the Jews and the Freemasonry Okay So this this Conspiracy occurred in 1854 And the, the Purpose of this conspiracy was The total annihilation And eradication of the Boers now what we also Know is that in 1852 We had the Sand River Convention At which time The Boer Republic of Transvaal Or the Zuid-Afrikaanse Republic Um obtained full independence and sovereignty uh, over their land, the Boer Republic. Sovereignty, yeah. Not not
1: serenity. Sovereignty, yes, serenity, no. (laughs) Back to you.
0: Uh, Just say again, Pastor. Uh,
1: The way you pronounce it, it sounded like serenity, but I think you meant sovereignty.
0: Sovereignty, that's correct. Yes, okay. Which means total independence... Uh, to, total full control and total full uh, governance about yes. the poor people for themselves. Right now, okay. Um, in 1854 uh, was the Bloemfontein Convention when the uh, Republic of the Free State, the Orange Free State, gained full sovereignty. Okay and also independence with worldwide recognition or at least all the major countries in the world recognized the Boer Republic of the Orange Free State and that was also the same year in 1854 when the Cape Dutch Afrikaners one must remember that they were totally subjugated or subjected to the British crown in 1814 that was when Britain took full control of the Cape Colony mm-hmm. after the transactions or the payment of debt that stemmed from the um, the wars with Napoleon. Right, and right. So, the British, or rather the Dutch government as the um, having uh, uh, been, been um, footing the bill for the Dutch East Indian Company, of course, uh, they were so indebted to uh, Britain that they uh, gave the the whole Cape colon, colony and they handed over to England. Of right. course it was it was a very fine strategy by the by the um Edomite uh, Jews of Holland so that their masters or they uh their, how can I say so that the, the their, uh, fellow of, <laughs> their fellow bankers, their fellow bankers in England, right? Exactly, the central okay. bankers of England, which of course were the Rothschilds. Yes. So that the money can transfer to, to England, the power mm-hmm. can transfer to the uh, right. Rothschilds in England.
1: Yeah, but either and, way, the Jewish bankers are still in control. It matters little which family predominates over the others. They're all working against us, Yahweh's chosen exactly. people, Israel. Okay.
0: That's what people there's, need to know. There's, yeah. there's a cohesion. There is a cohesion <laughs> between the Edomites. The Edomites um, across the globe, which includes, for example, the Khazarians, the Ashkenazis and right? also the the Edomites. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way, because, I mean, th- yeah, uh, yeah, 1814,
1: 1815, that's around the time when uh, Isaac predicted to Esau that one day the Edomites would have dominion over Jacob. Exactly. And that exactly coincides with that prophecy. Back to you.
0: Yes, absolutely, Pastor. And then, of course, 1854, when the Boers obtained total sovereignty over the Second Republic, this totally... Uh, pulled at the jealousy strings of these Edomite Cape Amen. Dutch Afrikaners. Amen. Yeah. And or, the Rothschilds. <laughs> right? Be, be, because they, they wanted what the Boers have in exactly the same way as the Jews have wanted what we have.
1: Everything. What we have, everything we have, has been stolen exactly. from us. Yeah. But our people don't realize it. Because they they think the Jews are Israel, <laughs> and that that banded state in the Middle East represents Israel. No, it doesn't. All right, no, sorry. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, the reason I bring this up is because next February 27th is next Sunday. Okay, exactly. We're just one week away, so maybe we can uh, devote next Sunday's show to uh,
0: Majubadag, as it's called here. Uh, is, am I pronouncing that right, Basta? It's called Mayubadag Mayubadag Okay Unfortunately Due to the Edomites Hijacking the Boer's um, identity Also the Boer's uh, uh, Inheritances The Boer's um, covenants The Boer's um, uh, Places of, of um, Remembrance mm-hmm. and Heritage even, sites,
1: yes Boer heritage sites which have been hijacked by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners.
0: And even the Boers' um, uh, prophets have been <laughs> hijacked by the Cape <laughs> Dutch Afrikaners. Is that prophets in the sense of money or <laughs>
1: in the sense of glorious prophets of Yahweh, right? Like Sina van Rensburg.
0: Like Sina van Rensburg.
1: Yes. Because
0: um, everything is now called. Everything of the Boer's heritage is now called that of the Afrikaners,
1: right? Yeah, which of
0: course is a, a great uh, part of the delusion, right? Which we are facing today. Well, I think uh, part of
1: the, yeah part of the problem for the international Jew is they understood that the Boer people recognized their Israelite heritage, so they could not allow any group of true Israelites to be recognized by the world as Israelites, okay? That would detract from their masquerade as Israel. And uh, that would be the number one reason why the Rothschilds and other Jews would be attacking the Boer people.
0: Exactly, Pastor. Mm -hmm. And so so few of the Boers actually recognize this Uh because they have been indoctrinated and their brains befuzzled by the Cape Dutch Africana churches, this, um, yes, um, Calvinistic, uh, Judeo Christianity, yeah, Cohenistic, right? <laughs>
1: Calvinistic. Calvin Cohen. All right, so, yeah, so let's, uh, discuss this more next week because that's, uh, Mayubadach, as you pronounce it, Mayubadach, Dach mm-hmm. meaning as Germanic for day, Tag. But they hard, harden a the T to a D, dog. Yeah, so let's uh, devote next Sunday to this topic. So uh, regarding uh, the document that I, I posted in the chat room, which is about Senior van Rensburg, uh, we we want to discuss uh, what uh, his early childhood. Okay, and so I'm going to be reading from uh, Chapter One, Messenger of God. Okay, and so just. To chime in anytime you feel uh, necessary, okay. Nicholas Peter Johannes Jans von Rendsburg was born on the 30th of August 1864 near the town called Wolmarnstadt, on the family farm R- Rietkul, where he spent his childhood. Like most children of his day, he grew up in difficult and turbulent times. That's true for just about all of us these days. At the age of seven, he started his schooling, which lasted a mere 20 days. (laughs) Mine was about 20,000. For his father needed his help on their farm. From that time, he never had any formal education again. Good for him. He was not indoctrinated, right? (laughs) okay from a tender age he was known to be different timid and reserved and never took part in the mischievous pranks of boys his age nor did he have any real interest in farming he mostly enjoyed listening to his mother reading to him from the bible by means of the bible his mother was able to teach him with difficulty to read the book by spelling and deciphering the words one at a time from that time until his death The Bible was the only book he had ever read, and he had no interest whatever to read anything else, for he believed other books or newspapers were worldly things, and in other words, Jew propaganda, and did not spiritually enhance a person. This made, boy, he was very intelligent at a young age. This made his knowledge and visions of world affairs all the more astonishing, for by only reading the Bible over a period of 55 years, he accurately forecasts what would happen worldwide in the future. Okay, so we'll be getting into those prophecies, probably not today, but maybe after the uh, Maya Donberg, um, uh, Tag next week, and we'll pick up with uh, Senor Van der Rensburg. Excuse me for one second. <coughs> I had to cough. Okay. His mother, Anna Katarina van der Rensburg, was a quiet, sensitive, and soft spoken woman, and health wise not very strong. Nicholas van Rensburg did not only take after his mother, but also inherited her frailness. This was the main reason why there was such a strong bond between them until her death. Just like his mother, he disliked violence to such an extent that he could not even stand seeing an animal being slaughtered. It is therefore an enigma why he joined the Boer forces during both wars and stayed throughout until the end, even though he foresaw the disastrous outcome. He is also the only soldier in history who never shot or shot at or killed any of his enemies. He never carried a gun. So, question Pastor, to you, Pam, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're anticipating my question, why would he join those forces and not carry
0: a gun? Well, Pastor, he was part of the support system of those Boer forces, but one must also remember that he was incarcerated, imprisoned by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners for two years. Because they wanted him off the battlefield, mm.
1: they considered him a, a primary weapon. <laughs> right? He could foresee battles and their outcome. Right? Hello. Okay, I think we may, may have lost. Yes, passage. exactly,
0: Pastor. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And and but over and above that, he gave intelligence to the generals prior to the actual event um, in battles against the the British or the Cape Dutch Afrikaner mercenaries. Yes. Of course, this led to the advantage of the Boers, and that was why the British or the uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaner mercenaries could not get the upper hand over the Boer forces. Okay,
1: is this now the first Boer war between the Boers and the British, or the second one? Or was he involved in both? Well,
0: Pastor, this was the second one. Okay. Um, I'm I'm busy drafting a timeline so that the Boers can understand why there was ever a second Anglo-Boer war Mm. and why there was ever a first Anglo-Boer war. Of course, it should not be called an Anglo-Boer war. It should be called...
1: Edomite Boer war.
0: War. (laughs) Right? Well, well Pastor... Um, so many of the the British uh, uh, writers that wrote about the, the Anglo Boer Wars write about the the African or the South African wars, and the reason for that being clearly because the Cape Dutch were the instigators and the enticers of both wars.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as we understand it here at Eurofolk Radio, the rest of the world doesn't have this understanding. Even most more people don't have this understanding. That the Cape Dutch Afrikaners are actually descendants of the Edomites and more closely related to Jews than white people. Okay? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, it appears we're having difficulty in our
0: transmission,
1: so um uh, you know, uh, you're, you're dropping out so I just keep talking <laughs> when you drop out so yeah please go on because this is very interesting that uh Senator Van Rensburg was actually a major weapon for the Boers as a prophet
0: he was a secret weapon pastor
1: there you go <laughs> so that's why they imprisoned him for two years amazing
0: yeah, yeah and, exactly okay they, they, they they wanted him off the battlefield because there were some generals that didn't want to go to the battle without first consulting Sina von Rendsburg.
1: Oh, like Moses and Aaron. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right, very interesting. Okay, so let's continue. Just like, He disliked violence so much that he became a, uh, what do you call it, a spy or a, a prophet for the Boer army. Wonderful, wonderful. Many who did not understand his gift of prophecy shrugged their shoulders and quoted Shakespeare, quote, There are more things in heaven and, and on earth than there are dreamed of in your philosophy, Horatio. When he was still a toddler, his mother noticed that her son could see things, but he was then still too young to grasp and understand what was happening to him. His mother believed that if, if this gift was from God, her son would understand at a later stage. Even though she had always wondered how great this gift was that her son received and asked him many times what he was seeing that made him so unhappy he only stood staring at her with his deep penetrating blue eyes and could never utter a word the look in his eyes was such that she wanted to make him take take him to her and hug him many people have said that his eyes put fear into them and did not want to look into them others again said that they have never seen such sad eyes it was as though he looked at you from an infinite depth through you as if he saw something far away which brought the sadness to his eyes you're coming
0: yeah for sure yes absolutely pastor in fact I have um, various writings or various interpretations of writings or the um uh, interpretations, of course, most of the comp- these interpretations of his visions and his prophecies mm-hmm. have been uh, interpreted by Cape Dutch Afrikaners, and of mm-hmm. course, they are exploiting Cynna right. van Ringsberg's prophecies as uh, prophecies to the Afrikaners as the uh, chosen ones. <laughs> Pastor, right. absolutely ridiculous the way in which these Afrikaners are, um, are taking control and taking hold of Siena van Rensburg's prophecies. Right. So the
1: Cape Dutch Chosenites <laughs> is what we can re- refer to them now as. The Cape Dutch Chosenites. Okay, the self-chosen. So, uh, continuing, how heavily this burden of prophet or seer rested on his shoulders, nobody would know. But at the age of twenty, He had already started graying and was chosen as an elder of his church the following year, an elder at the age of 21. At 30, neighboring farmers older than him called him Um Niklaus, Um meaning uncle in English, and is widely used among Afrikaners as a sign of respect for somebody older than oneself, even though not one's immediate family. A female was likewise addressed as Tante, or taunt, meaning aunt, while peers usually address each other as neef or neg, N-I-G, that's a strange one, meaning cousin. Well, Pastor, yeah, pastor,
0: um, just to get your pronunciation right on this, Okay, uh, we're addressing one another as neef. Neef, okay. Oh, neef.
1: It sounds a lot more and like nephew. Also, right.
0: Exactly. And then also as negh.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, nich
0: is... Ah. Um, near, the, the Deutsch, nach,
1: N- uh, a close relative.
0: No, no, no. In, in fact, neef and nichie, in, in Afrikaans, nichie is um, usually the reference to your brother's daughter. Oh, okay. So, your brother's daughter is your nichie, but okay. it is also used Nies. to... so it means niece. It, it it means niece, but it's spelled N I G. It, it, also, has, <laughs> it, it, it also has a different. It also has a different uh, uh, connotation in terms of an affectionate. In other words, it's not merely just somebody that is unrelated, but you call yes. somebody in 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 regard and very often in Africa, no, not in Africana but in Boer circles. Yes. Um, any lady is referred to as nakh.
1: Yeah, uh, a nice lady.
0: <laughs> so no. an, a niece uh, that's
1: uh, 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 not adoring but uh, admirable. A, a niece that's admirable because you have good nieces and bad nieces, right? So yes, it's, it's, a ter- it's a term of endearment.
0: A term of endearment, definitely. Yes.
1: Okay. So continuing. An Afrikaans writer Johannes Mentius who had made a study of Nicholas van Rensburg put it this way, quote, It is as if Nicholas van Rensburg had never known any childhood or teenage years, as if he was born old, and one could not help but feel awe and respect towards him, unquote. So they call him, hey, that old, that old man, Nicholas, who's only 21 years old, right? But that's to be taken as a sign of respect.
0: And also calling him... Calling Hello
1: him. poster? Yeah, yeah. You dropped out. Calling him what? Did you say?
0: Um. Calling
1: oh, him it? um. Um. Oh, okay. O-O-M. Uncle. Um. Yeah. Uncle, uncle, uh, well, what did he call? Un- uncle Niklaus or Uncle Nick? What did they call him?
0: Beside- uh, oh, yeah. Uncle, uh, um,
1: Niklaus, Yeah. Uncle Niklaus, Yes. Okay. Some
0: people call him um, sinner.
1: Uh uh-huh. Uncle, uncle, seer. Yeah.
0: Uncle, Uncle visionary, yeah, yes, but also in in an uh, affectionate way. In other words, a a term of endearment, Um, also drawing on the relationship or bloodline relationship, which of course is a very important factor amongst the Boers.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, keeping preserving your bloodline pure (laughs) is all what the Bible is all about. Right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, his mother was a woman who kept to herself and many times locked herself in her room to study the Bible. This love of the Bible and the knowledge thereof she always shared with her son Nicholas. One day, when their minister remarked to her how obvious and great the resemblance between her and her son was, she said, quote, I know, Reverend. I have the feeling that Nicholas will become a great and well-known preacher one day okay, but not as a preacher but as a visionary for sure okay, she exactly. probably she probably knew something as mothers sometimes do, only at one time during his childhood he was only seven years old at the time did she have a glimpse of his gift of prophecy mm-hmm. because she had passed away long before Nicholas became known as a seer and a legend in his own lifetime okay, but nevertheless his prophecies have been suppressed and as you say they have been distorted by the Afrikaners, by the Chosenites. Uh, So, Kurt Kuss von Rendsburg. So, what Kurt Kuss? What does that mean? Okay, we've lost Pastor Martins again. Nicholas... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nicholas's father, known as Willem, or Kurt, short Kuss, Kuss being an abbreviation of Jacobus, or Jacob. So, so give us uh, the... uh, the meaning of the old Kort Kus or Kugus
0: Okay, that means short in other words he was um, not a in stature he was not um, the same as the average Boer would be Okay In other words he was shorter than average Okay and Kus 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 is um, Kus uh, it's actually pronounced as Kus now, is is um, a, sh- a shortened form or a endearment form of Jacobus okay. or Cursus, or Jacob, uh, okay. which of course comes from Jacob.
1: Yes, right. Yeah. So we have uh, in uh, in G- Germanic languages we have all these nicknames for each other yes. that would be very much unfamiliar to English speakers or speakers of every other language. Okay. Yeah. For example, uh, Joseph. Uh, a nickname for Joseph is Seppi, which you would not expect, okay? In English, yes. you would say Joe or what's, uh, what's other, I can't think of any of the nicknames for the name Joe. But Seppi, they take the second syllable, Seph, and pronounce it Seppi, and that becomes a nickname, okay?
0: Seppi, that's right. Yeah,
1: Elizabeth is a much better example because you get Liz, you get Beth, you get Becky, yeah. you know, many, many nicknames out of Elizabeth. Liza. But, yeah, right, there you go, <laughs> right? and uh, But uh, he, Willem, or, or the, the short guy, was a very rugged man and had no time for cowardice. As a teenager, he was part of the Great Trek and had to face many hardships and dangers. And when he arrived in the Transvaal, he settled on a farm which he called Reitkul, or Reedpool, it therefore became, came as a shock to him when he discovered that his youngest son, Nicholas, was not to follow in his footsteps. He wanted tough and rugged sons who could, like him, take on the struggle of life with no sympathy towards or from anyone. Okay? Yeah, a pioneer. I
0: just, I just wanted to say about that um, the farm which was called Reet Coil. Okay. And riet is uh, the Afrikaans' word for reed. And coil is actually um, like a pool in a river. So, of course, the farm's name was um, Reed Pool. Okay. And if there is a coil, it is normally associated with the fact that there is a, a water on the farm.
1: Okay. Very good. So a pond, a pond on the farm, it, they can be of pretty large size. Yeah, like a, yes. Not just a drinking pond for for cattle, but even a swimming hole. Okay.
0: Or, or even a slump.
1: Very good, very good. He never showed sympathy, and the workers, blacks on his farm, ex- uh, experienced this. He therefore made Nicholas a shepherd, for he believed that that was all he could do. Nicholas therefore left home every morning to herd sheep. He carried his food and Bible with him, and while looking after the sheep, he struggled with the reading of the Bible, and as a result, he eventually read through it many times and could remember lengthy passages. The Van Rensburg family was very poor, and to subsidize his meager income, Kurt Kuss had to leave the farm many times with his wagon loaded with farm products and tools he had made to barter for food. During these times his wife and four children were alone on the farm, and Annie, his wife, being of timid nature, experienced these times as a nightmare. For there were many raider gangs roving around the countryside robbing and plundering just like pioneers in America, right? Had to deal with Indian raids. I mean, the parallel development of South Africa, the Boer people of South Africa and the American pioneers is just incredible. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's the same script. Absolutely the same script, but in different parts of the world. Of course, yeah.
0: And of course the reason being, uh, coming from the same or emanating from the same um, uh, bloodline, ancestry. That's right. The blood, same bloodline, and also facing the same enemies. So yeah. The the. Edomites.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mercenaries hired by the Jews. Yes. So dream vision. Let's start getting into his prophecies. It was during one of these times when Kurt Coos was absent on a trip that Nicholas had one of his visions. A very loyal black worker, Moose M O O S. Mos Moss, I mean, you, you pronounce you double S instead of moo it's Moss it's two two syllables. Working for the Van Rensburg family knocked on the kitchen door one evening. The children were already asleep. This black warned Nicholas and mother he had heard that one of the gangs who roamed the countryside was going to attack the family farm that evening and murder them all. Okay? Now again, the the, the blacks that worked for the Van Rensburg family were not slaves, but they were hirelings, no. right? Because the Boer yes, people exactly did not practice slavery. Your comment?
0: Yes, Pastor, in fact the Boers did practice slavery when they were still in the Cape uh, because of the fact that the the uh, Edomites uh, from the Dutch East Indian Company uh, were producing uh, um, m- much larger uh, consignments of um, for example, Goods. of grace,
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And and because of the fact that um, they were, uh, 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 the Boers were, of course, marginalized.
1: Yeah, and falling behind Boers, economically, I, I take it from what you're saying. Yes. And so in order they, to keep up, they had to hire or
0: take slaves. Exactly. But they were well uh, treated. But, but, but also, when in 18... 18- uh, i think it was in 1834 when Britain had um, uh, actually uh, given the the command or the instruction or the uh, uh, the law that all slaves had to be emancipated or released right uh, many of many of the slaves that worked for the Boers refused to be released they wanted to be part of the yeah, uh, Well, they wanted to be workers for the Boers. The and same that was true of blacks in the South. They enjoyed working, <laughs> working and living with their white masters and didn't exactly. want to leave. Yeah, back to you. And that is also why there were blacks in the Blood River ah. um, encampment at the... Um, At the event of the Battle of Blood River,
1: now were they traveling with the Boers, or did they just happen
0: to, you know, choose sides? No, they traveled with the Boers, Buster. They were, for example, um, what what is called in Afrikaans layers In other words, they were the ones that would lead the oxen by means of the the um, the the ropes. Oh, rope. Okay, yeah the rope yeah um, tow line a tow layer also means a rope leader in other words okay. they were leading the oxen by virtue of ropes so that the oxen would know where to, um, go. Where to go yeah because there also, were no roads
1: there were no roads right they, they were just going through exactly. the you know, a partial desert area
0: now bo one of the interesting things because of all my um my my uh, excursions into the Drakensberg and having um, walked many kilometers in the, in the Drakensberg there are places where even today you can see where the ox wagons were um, for example either going down or going up the, the hills uh-huh. or the mountains because of the tracks which were made by the ox wagons yes. and these are like scourges on the surface of the, of the uh, mountainside they still exist right? And sorry do they still exist uh, they, well boss they still existed in the early 20 uh, in the 2000s okay because i um when when i uh, actually I hiked in those parts of the country in the two th- in the early the late 90s and the early 2000s uh, those tracks those wagon tracks were still visible and that would be after okay. 150 170 years Okay, they're probably being being erased by those uh, carts that people,
1: those motorized cars that people run around the countryside with today, right?
0: But yeah, no, uh, po- go ahead. W- w- past the those tracks are, it would virtually be impossible for today's carts and things. Most probably a mountain, uh, um, one of these squat bikes, yes, but uh, hmm. uh, uh, vehicles, but not a four wheel, or even four track. Uh, uh, um,
1: off-road vehicles. vehicles yeah would not be able off-road to go
0: there off-road vehicles would be impossible
1: so this is really rugged terrain we're talking about
0: okay. absolutely yeah 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 and, and that also of course there's the um uh the various stories of the boer women that uh is stated as having um crossed the Drakensberg mountains barefoot Ooh, Wow! and um now if one knows the terrain if you Can recognise the terrain. I think I actually took a photograph of this particular tracks against the mountainside, and uh, if I can lay uh, lay my hands on it, I will definitely share that with you. Okay. But it is so it is so well known that the Boer woman helped to actually pull the wagons Uh up the mountains and across the valleys barefooted, no less. Barefooted. Wow, wow, okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, these tracks are still there. Uh, proof, uh, and I'm sure uh, in Death Valley, there's still tracks of the pioneers as well, right? Uh, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Okay, all right, so continuing. Nicholas's mother was numb shock, with shock hearing this prophecy, for although knowing about these roving, plundering gangs, she never expected that they would be attacked. She immediately woke the children and told them that they must get ready to leave for a neighboring farm. Uh, by Pastor, the way, that's happening again today, isn't it?
0: Pastor, in those days, you must remember, in those days, the Boers were still the occupants of their Boer Republics. That was prior to the Second Anglo-Boer War. Okay. When the when the um, uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaners had taken control of the Boer, Boer Republics or hijacked the Boer Republics or what is it also called, state capture... Of right. the Boer Republics. So, uh-huh. what it basically means is that annexation, these marauding, that yeah. these marauding gangs were actually incited and enticed by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Uh-huh. Remember that they, their conspiracy in 1854 was to annihilate the Boers by yes. virtue of genocide.
1: Yes. And that was Absolutely. part
0: and parcel of. Um, building up the the showcase, or the uh, I want to call it the showcase, because they incited, for example, the the wars or the antagonization of the blacks against the Boers. Right, and today it is exactly the same. That is why the the uh, song that used to be um, the what what we call a Drian song, or a um, the song that the blacks sing in in. Uh, In harmony and in rhythm Uh, The song that That used to be sung was One settler one bullet And with that particular wording The Afrikaners were also Intended to be Of course that was written by The blacks for the blacks Because that was the song that they sang sang. Mm -hmm. Now during the During the 1994 Election or the the uh, campaigns leading up to the 1994 elections, this song, Killer Farmer, Killer Boer, started appearing as if out of nothing. Right. And they started substituting the singing of the song, One Settler, One Bullet. Now, just in these days that we are now, Afri Forum is again using uh, Julius Malema's singing of this song, in exactly the same way as they did 10 years ago in 2012, they used Julius Malema in a court case or they uh, uh, they um, Right, well he was, into, yeah. he, he, he was
1: yeah, he was to be prosecuted for uh, enticing uh, inciting violence against whites, but they let him off Violence?
0: Yeah. Violence against the boers in particular, because the, yes. the song goes um, kill a farmer, kill the boer
1: Right, not Afrikaner, <laughs> <And, laughs> poor
0: Yes. <laughs> right, okay. Now, it is, it is very important that, and, and and I have reason to believe that this changing of the song uh, from the One Settler, One Bullet to Kill um, a Killer Farmer, Kill the Boer was actually enticed again by these Cape Dutch Afrikaners whom were the right. instigators of all the previous wars, but also the very same ones that um, conspired against the uh, well conspired yeah. to kill the boers by virtue of genocide. Right. Now of but course what
1: the,
0: yeah please continue go ahead but after the the um the court took case in twenty twelve it became evident and I have the evidence thereof that they actually brought Julius Malema to the court so that they could so that they could use Julius Malema and give him a free or get out of jail free in other, in, in in any yeah. case, they gave him the the court authority and the court's permission to sing the song right. enticing killing of bulls. Yeah, which boer, of the,
1: which boers. they wouldn't do if they were in fact boors right? Exactly. No. <laughs> okay,
0: makes time, perfect sense. Now, yeah. In this time that we are now, again Afri Forum is getting people to again pay for a court case because Julius Malema is singing this song which the Cape Dutch Afrikaners have had the court to actually authorize the singing of the song as a, right. what they call now, as a freedom song. Right, freedom from
1: the Boer people via genocide is what it all means.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, so, but of course,
1: COVID is just the, the latest example of the international Jews' attempt to exterminate our people. Okay? Exactly. So if you don't have this view of history, then you cannot possibly know what's going on in the world today. Okay?
0: Exactly. But so, more than that, if you don't have this particular angle of the history as the true history, you cannot interpret the the, the prophecies in the scripture. That's correct. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, let's continue. Because, yeah, we have about uh,
1: nine minutes left uh, because yes. uh, because uh, his mother, when uh, she was waking up the kids and uh, telling him we have to go to a neighbor, and uh, yes. but Nicholas, when his mother woke him, sat still for a moment staring. He then said to her, quote, It will not be necessary for us to leave, mother, for God appeared to me in a dream saying that we must stay home for he will protect us as long as father is away we must stay unquote the seven-year-old nicholas was calm and spoke with confidence a confidence which his mother had never heard before she wanted them to leave immediately but nicholas told her no you and peter and the girls can go i am staying home his mother's impression was that god wanted her to protect her home and children unto death she then decided that this was what she would do SHE TOOK HER FOUR CHILDREN TO THE FRONT ROOM, SITTING ROOM OF THE HOUSE, MADE THEM LIE DOWN, COVERED THEM WITH BLANKETS, TOOK THE OLD MUSKET, AND WAITED. NICHOLAS'S BROTHER AND TWO SISTERS WENT TO SLEEP IMMEDIATELY, BUT HE STAYED AWAKE WITH HIS MOTHER. EVERYTHING WAS QUIET, AND BY SUNRISE NO ATTACK HAD TAKEN PLACE. AT FIRST LIGHT, NICHOLAS'S MOTHER LOOKED THROUGH THE WINDOW AND SAW THE GANG OUTSIDE for some inexplicable reason they never attacked and as she looked she saw them turn and run away as if they were frightened by something or somebody maybe her gun (laughs) she could never find out why they had never attacked the house or why they suddenly ran away but from that day she believed more in her son's gift to see and accepted that he had received visions from God because he trusted in God so much and studied the Bible diligently okay so this was the very first uh, you know impression on his mother that, wow, Nicholas, he's got a gift. Yes. He's, he's a visionary. He's got this yeah. gift. But then again, the theme, a lifetime of pain, anxiety, and sorrow, which is true of all the prophets of Israel, right? Going back to exactly. Jeremiah and Isaiah, they lived lives of pain, anxiety, and sorrow. The Israelites even wanted to kill them.
0: Exactly. rather
1: than follow their advice as visionaries. Nicholas Van Rensburg eventually came to understand this gift he had, a gift which would bring him a lifetime of pain, anxiety and sorrow, for being able to see into the future is not always beneficial. He also realized he could not use this gift to enrich himself, for then it would be taken away and he also realized that the message which he received through his gift was far too precious to his people as he had to warn them of their future. Okay, so Van Rensburg was a true boar in every sense of the word. He lived for his people and for his god Yahweh.
0: Uh, Pastor, the other thing is, if he was an Africana, as so, uh, so many times purported, he would have asked money for his visions.
1: Mm. Yes, <laughs> if he had Chosenite blood, he would have asked for money, right? He would have set up a museum and charged money for people to see, <laughs> see his visions, right? Okay, although he was a timid person, his patriotism was very strong at the age of twelve, and as he grew older, it became like a burning flame within his heart. This burning patriotism became more of a burning desire when he saw how his people, the African, no, okay, here's the first mistake, strike the word Afrikaner, the Boer people, would be oppressed, downtrodden, and how traitorous some of his own would be. The Boers were the first oppressed by Britain, thereafter by world leaders, and lastly by their own political leaders, and of course by the Afrikaners.
0: Go ahead. So often I hear this thing that they were the Boers were being oppressed by Britain. Britain's Britain's descendants of the house of Jacob. Were hired in by the Edomite, Cape Dutch Afrikaners, commanded by the Edomite commanders of Britain, to fight against the, the Boers, and that right. is why so many British soldiers actually walked across and became supportive of the Boers. In, uh, uh, this, this, uh, uh, in they switched sides. They switched sides. They switched sides. Pastors, I, I think there were there were literally hundreds. Of these British soldiers that came to fight an enemy that was, in fact, of their own kind, Yes.
1: of their own race, blood brothers, and absolutely, they, and they realized it.
0: And yeah. when they, when they, um, when when the war was over, they were actually, uh, 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 they, they they were uh, executed, uh, right? Uh, they were
1: they were shot by the British. Uh, army for being traitors
0: in Kongala and Durban it, it is a well known fact that they were in fact uh, f- uh, f- fusillated what's the correct f- f- fusillier
1: ok yeah, I'm not sure what you mean but uh, they were uh, they, they, they were executed they,
0: they were executed, uh, executed because, well, th- they thought that they were going to get onto the the, the um, boats, the British navy's vessels that were lying in Durban. Uh-huh. But before they could even get onto these vessels, they were uh, executed uh-huh. as being traitors to right. the uh, the British Crown. Of course, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were highly um, instrumental uh, 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 in doing this. Right? They set them up. W- well, not. They were totally instrumental in doing this, Pastor, because um, every, well, <laughs> if, if one gets to know the true history of the two battles, the, uh, or these two wars that were waged against the Boers, if you look at the background, uh, the roles that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners played in the incitement of these wars, and getting the Rothschild-controlled um, empire, British yes. Empire... Uh, in in uh, involved in the wars against the Boers uh, yes. it is absolutely uh, of course it is a totally hidden secret, they don't sure. want people to know that uh, the Cape Dutch were in fact the enticers and the inciters and the yeah. uh, orchestrators of these wars by virtue of yes. um, conspiracies
1: yeah, again, the Jews cannot afford for white people, for white Israelites to wake up to their true identity and expose the various means by which they deceive us, including the Afrikaner
0: (laughs) facade, okay? The Mask of Edom. But Pastor, Uh, then then this writer says the Boers were first oppressed by Britain, canceled Britain by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners.
1: There you go, the Chosenites.
0: Thereafter by world leaders, and again, one should insert... Edomite world re- leaders right. and lost by, by not their own political leaders because from the 31st of May 1910, no Boer has played any particular role yeah. anywhere in the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners' governments up to the present day. From the 30, 31st of May 1910.
1: Yeah, so have, their so called leaders are Chosenites masquerading as Boers. They're in fact Cape Dutch Afrikaners, not Boers. Uh,
0: They're Exactly.
1: Okay. Yeah, and, and this is your crusade, Pastor. You, you're trying to awaken the Boer people to the fact that the Afrikaners are not Boers and are actually their worst enemies. Because they have always they, been manipulating the Boer people
0: into the dangers that they have experienced. Ever since the days of Jan van Riebeeck and Edomite, Pastor. Okay. Yeah, and this is, but
1: yours is the story of your people is the same as the story of the white race in general. the The perfidious Jew has always been maneuvering us to fight against each other, and kill ourselves, exactly. such as our civil war and your Boer and that's wars, etc. That's, okay.
0: that's one of the reasons why uh, they keep on name changing themselves, and also name <laughs> right. changing the, the house of Jacob.
1: But their surnames are always Bernstein, Epstein, (laughs) Feuerstein, etc. Okay, all right. Okay, we're out of time. Great show today. We're going to continue this because Cena Van Rensburg is a major topic in these latter days. Okay, we're going to try to analyze his prophecies and see what there is in store for us. Okay, thank you, Pastor Martins.
0: Excellent, Pastor. Thank you, and uh, uh, praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Okay, folks, uh, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening,
1: and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.